So today I'm going to be talking with Vonksy, and I think, uh, is that how it's pronounced? Uh, I've heard, I don't really care about my pronunciation. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And, um, yeah, it's going to be kind of interesting. You reached out to me after the TFT post, and it you have a lot of perspective to give, I imagine, on just sort of 6v6, the initial transition for ESC to RGL, and then a bit on ESC itself. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself for a little bit, talk about yourself? So... I'm Banksy. I've been, I've been technically around for a little bit. I tried to like, play open like ESCA season twenty three, but my team died. But then I tried again around like season twenty eight, and kept. I basically like been playing off and on since then. Hmm. Okay. So how did you get into Team Fortress two on a casual level? Honestly, it was in like elementary school. My friends were talking about this game called Team Fortress two, and I thought, at the time I thought nothing of it, but then, uh, I was in, I used to be at chat room frequenter at the time, and some other friends there were talking about the game, so I was like, I gotta check it out at least. But my laptop didn't really support it at the time, so, but whenever I actually did get a PC, I ended up, like, an actual good PC, I started just playing TF2, and that's where I am right now. And what class did you start out on? Uh, ironically enough, like, whenever I first joined my first multiplayer TF2 game, I was super scared of doing, of, like, being trash, so I just, like, played a medic and just only healed a heavy for, like, the, on, like, uh, what, Thunder Mountain pub. <laughs> Man, you should gone into Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how did that transfer over into playing ESCA initially? Like, what was the experience, like, sort of getting into it? Uh, so I think around, like, 2,000 hours in, I've been, like, an idol. I was, like, an idol community, like, part of an idol community and stuff that used to be a little bit on the small-time stuff. And my friends at the time were, like, talking about, like, competitive stuff, like, oh, you see Clockwork, oh, you see Banny, and I was like, who are these people? So I just looked up a couple of, like, matches and stuff, and I was, like, amazed at, like, the pinnacle of skill. Because at the time, I was, like, the try-hard like the try -hard pub star at the time, you know? Yeah. So I just decided, why don't I just, uh, why don't I just, like, I want to do this stuff, too. It seems pretty cool. And it, it's funny, like, people always trash on me for it. That's whenever I started, I used to be, like, a combat NG man. <laughs> Uncle Dan. But, yeah, I used to love watching Uncle Dan. But um, back, I watched like a Sin like frag movie, like you know S I N. Ah, hmm. uh, not not familiar with him like personally. A, no, like um, he's like a old TF2 YouTuber. Oh, Nissle. Yeah, yeah, yeah Nissle. So basically. <laughs> I watched, like, the Pipe Hype Frag movie, <laughs> and I was just absolutely amazed at how fucking cool Demo Man looked, and I was like, yo, I want to get better at this class. Then I chose Demo Man as my first sixes main, and just started grinding in, like, MG and, like, pubs and stuff. Hmm, okay. And is that something you've kind of continued going on, or, like, what sort of classes have you been playing for most of your sixes career? Honestly, I started out as a demo main, but then, like, my first... I, like, try to play UGC Steel with a couple of friends and some random people, like, got get together. 
the team did not fare well. <laughs> and I was constantly frustrated with the fact that I could only do so much from Demo Man. Honestly, I kind of regret the fact that I switched <laughs> that I switched to mains from Demo to Soldier. Because at the time, it was like easier to find people to MTE against because people don't like playing Demo Man. And also, I felt like I could do more from Soldier. So that's why I made the initial switch. But I kind of regret it because I don't really feel like grinding out Demo Man now. But Demo Man's pretty fun to play in, in my opinion now. And what do you play for 6v6 snow? Like, is it a Demo Man Soldier medic? I, like, mostly play... I, like, exclusively play Soldier, basically. Hmm, pocket or rumor? Oh, I can play in... I'm more well... I'm more well-known for my pocket, but... Uh... I can play either. Hmm, okay, okay. I respect it. Get you a man that can do both, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what was the new player like in ESCA back then? Like, how would you go about finding a team? Were there, like, discords? Probably not back then, right? Forms? Like... It was, like, uh... It was basically the same process as it was, like, nowadays. Like, on TFTV, you just post the LF... LFT and stuff, and just, like, you just get tries out and stuff. And basically just, like, get on the team the same process. Hmm. Okay. I will say that, like, both of my ESCA teams are never really... In had to try out for it was like i just got invited to join them or like the first team i got invited to the second team i made hmm. and what do you say just being directly invited to teams like would you classify that as a bit of a red flag when it comes to leadership i wouldn't say that it's just like it can be but like you have to like that's not like the main indicator i would say that you just have to like, I wouldn't say that there's that the main indicator there. Like, sometimes people just, like, invite you to teams just because, like, they really liked playing with you, which is what happened that season. Hmm, I see. Okay. Uh, do you think people were, like, more kind of passionate or just willing to play the game for the sake of it back then? I definitely feel like the passion is, like, the same, basically. At least, like, around... The lower levels to like advanced levels. There are like people who like play this game, like, and this is like the only thing they do all day. But there are like probably less of those types of people that are in invite right now. I see. I see. Uh, how about TFTV? You mentioned that, right? Yeah. Uh, what was it like back then? Is it sort of like a lot of the same of what it is now, or has it sort of like evolved since then? Uh,. Less uh, funny shit posts, <laughs> more drama. Well, more weird drama threads. Hmm. Honestly, I never really partook in like the whole like ESCA open thread stuff. But like, uh, I think there was like that recent RGL happening thread that made me like get a glimpse of like what it probably would have been like. <laughs> but I don't know. Stuff like that generally happens like a lot less. I think that it's kind of evolved in the fact that there's less drama being publicized and stuff like that. <laughs> right. But if you're the type of person that like likes reading that stuff when you're bored, then I guess it's a downgrade. Hmm. Okay. So, 
what would you describe TFTV culture as? I feel like it's the sort of thing get, that gets like thrown a lot as a thing. Like, oh, it's just like you get downvoted for anything. I describe TFTV culture as like a giant, uh, a like a circle jerk of it. <laughs> Honestly, because um, there are some people that kind of just get hated upon just for posting just because like something they did like a while back that like 10 people don't, don't still don't like them for and then there's like i think the most recent example that i can remember of like the tftv hive mind not really doing what they supposed to was um the sin karma thread where high five posted that clip of uh sin karma doing something sus and basically, the TFTV high find decided, oh, that was sus. Well, what about these uh, 10,000 clips that were also sus? But <laughs> the thing is, is that, like, until you can prove that, like, those, like, it's kind of like Devil's Advocate. Like, although it has a low chance of happening, it can still theoretically happen if he's just that good, you know? Right. So nothing really ever happened off of that thread after like the initial ten posts. So you don't think that like t when people are like TFTV is a high mind, you don't think that that's like an unfair uh, thing to say necessarily. I definitely don't. There are like a lot of people who like occasionally you'll have like those intelligent posters who like say smart stuff, but then like there's the. Uh... And then there are, like, the weird things that just get upvoted just because, like, oh, this guy just has the friend group set up, you know? Right. Like, it's a lot easier to make it seem like you know what something is than to actually know what something is like when you make a post. Uh, yeah. Something I also say is, like, the, uh, it's kind of like the sports dad effects. I, you know, this used to happen a lot back when TFTV was more active in casting games. I call it the TFTV invite team. <laughs> Where there'll just be like a lot of players heckling like the invite players currently playing in the match. And it's like they're talking as if they're like the top invite team. <laughs> How would the TFTV team do, do you think? Probably go Owen thirty two. Oh, you got an Owen? Yeah, they're pro they probably wouldn't do too well in the invite. Hmm, okay. Uh so what if TFTV made their own? What if they made their own league? TFTV. Yeah. I think that was kind of trying to be made, like back when the whole schism was happening. Whenever ESA announced that it was discontinuing services, I believe that there was gonna be like a not not NACL or not TFCL, but like. Something similar to ETF2L, where it was just going to be like, I think like Tweeku was organizing that, but the main reason why that didn't gain traction was just because there simply wasn't a prize pool, and Froyo was not going to... Benny decided that the league with a prize pool was going to be the league that we play in, so that's where we are now. Mm. And do you think the prize pool matters that much? Like all, like I don't know, seventy dollars you might make from one season. Um, 
honestly, it's kind of just like the competition rather than like when there's a prize pool, it's going to be competition. Hmm. So it's like the about about the sentiment kind of more than like the prize pool itself. The well, yeah, the prize pool just attracts like those people who just want to be competitive. I'd say, hmm. like, I know that. In like the first three seasons of RGL, invite like the first two seasons of RGL, it was really fucking rough for invite because there weren't like I think there was like many seasons between like there's like three seasons in between like season one and season five or six or whatever, where there were literally like four or five like six or five teams in invite, which is like never really what you. I feel like he never really saw that much in ESEA. Like, of course, like teams might have died more near the end, but in ESEA, that kind of like happened more towards like the latter end of the season, I'd say. Whereas, like, they started out the season with like six teams <laughs> in RGL. Right, right. So it's like a bit of a rocky start from the get go. Yeah. Yeah, but. Now, Invite is thriving. It just took a little time. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say thriving per se, but like it's definitely in, in much better shape than it used to be whenever it was first starting. Okay. I think that's a topic we could get back to later. So, um, do you think you would see people playing if there was like a, a $6 prize pool, $1 per player? Does that foster the competition? Um... Honestly, it's just like Froyo determines basically what league plays, what league they get playing. Like, I bet that if like Froyo had decided to go into like uh, who is the Sigular League, the TFCL, yeah, TFCL, people probably would have like went to that league in, instead of RGO, just because like they're kind of just following best team in North America. Hive mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that's. Kind of like, if he just decided not playing the same league as Freud's, like, like as a community, is kind of just gonna feel like it would bring. At that point, sixes would definitely just be dead, because you're just gonna just gonna be nothing to really reach for. I'd say. Right. Okay. Do you think Freud Tech has done like a good job at guiding the community to like the best leagues per se? Uh. I don't really know. I wouldn't really say that. Like, obviously, like, RGL has its, like, benefits, but RGL definitely has its disadvantages. Hmm. Particularly, I say that just because it seems like the admin team just is, like, so far apart from, like, the general player base, like, disconnected, I would say. Hmm. How do you That's mean? It's kind of like they don't really know what decisions people would actually like, you know. They look like they don't even like try to ease anyone into it at all. It's like I think an example of this whenever like they first added a villa and that was a change that like probably only like not a lot of people liked a villa in exchange for granary, I will say. <laughs> because I think like the only people who person one of the only guaranteed people who liked it was literally just Banny, just because he was all about the proponent of like trying out new maps, getting rid of these old and outdated maps, and stuff like that. I think Villa got added because of like the map pool 
the map pool cup right before that season started. And there was like a poll going around about how willing you'd be to play the map. And I think no one really voted to like... I think no one really voted to have Villa in the map pool. <laughs> but it ended up happening anyways, just because like they took Granary not being a well-liked map as, hey, let's just remove this entirely and, and try and get in Villa this new map. Hmm. Do you have a map in mind that you think would have been like a better replacement at the time? Definitely like Reckoner. Like I don't it's so confusing to me that only recently has RGL considered even adding Reckoner. Because it's already a map that's very commonly played in, in like ETF too well. Right, right. But like it's not like a process like, cause like, the issue you'll see with like a lot of like new map makers, I'd say, is that they try to make their maps too much like process or like a very scout-oriented map. That was like, I want to say that was the main problem with Villa. Is Villa was just like not a good map. <laughs> but I definitely say that. I think it was like propaganda. Propaganda just felt like. It was such a huge map, and Villa also had the same thing where it's like there is so much distance to cover all the time. Like, both were never really well received by the community, I'd say. Hmm. Okay. Uh, do you think it's the sort of thing where it's like, yeah, they're just like looking at the success of other maps, trying to replicate what works, what's already worked, instead of like trying to find their own identity and using their own vision for the maps? I definitely think that there are times to do that. Where you can like be like, hey, this thing worked out on this map quite well. You can not necessarily copy and paste, but take inspiration. But it just feels like most of the implementation of like these maps was just sloppy. You know, like it doesn't really feel like it has any cohesiveness. It feels like it's uh, feels like I'm playing like three different maps all at once every time I go into like a certain like the CP Chad map. <laughs> so there's like a bit of a lack of focus from the map makers there, maybe? Yeah, I'd I'd say that there's like a lack of really vision, I'd say. Yeah, so that's like some definite advice I think you could be seeing like be given to the map makers over it, yeah. Okay. Um do you think it's like has so has RGL kind of always had this issue where it's like they do things kind of for the people instead of with the people for the sounds of it, and then they take somebody like Banny as the representative of the people that they are doing things for? Uh, I'd definitely say it's like a lot like that because like I know for a fact that uh, I know for a fact that no one like. The cow mingler is like probably one of the hottest debated weapons of all time. I'm personally against its ban just because of like how like low risk or like high reward it is in certain scenarios. But other people will argue different. I'm not really here to argue the debate. I'm just here to say the cow mingler is probably like the hottest debated weapon of all time in terms of like whether it should be added or not. Like, there's still people who are, like, saying stuff like that. Like, they want the Cowmingler back. Hmm. Even though it's not... Every time it's gotten unbanned in, like, ESCA, and people have, like, not really been that happy as a general consensus. 
What's your effect? Sorry. Oh, can you? You can go ahead. No, you go on. You go on. I was gonna say that people seem to like people complain about like Halminger a lot more whenever it was like in play, which would make sense. It does have some pretty like stupid moments, you know. Hmm. What sort of effects does it have on the play? Like, what's the main reasoning for the concern? I just feel like, um, like the whole. It would be fine, honestly, if it didn't have the charge shot. Like, you can make the whole argument where it's like, oh, why are you scared of, like, a soldier with no rockets type thing? I'd say it kind of falls under, like, the same thing as, like, the market gardener, where it's, like, someone who's good enough at it. If, like, they're good, if they're good enough at it, there's, like, sometimes it's going to be those scenarios where it's like, oh, we just can't do anything there except, like, you know... <laughs> Like, I feel like the charge shot, if you're, like, playing, if you know how to use it well, there are definitely going to be a lot of, like, low-risk, high-rewards things that you can accomplish with that weapon. Right. But it's the sort of thing where it's, like, where if one should be banned, the other should be too, in that sense? Uh, I'd say that Market Gardener is a lot more high-risk, just because of the fact that, like, you have to be really good to properly utilize that weapon in the first place, I'd say. Right. Okay. Uh, do you think there could be, like, any potential solution? Like, let's say, like, I don't know, like, a plug-in to disable the charge or something? If so, like, what what do you think could sort of further help balance the weapon out? Uh, or competitive? For me, personally, I'm a bit weird. I don't really... I don't really like the whole using plugins to balance weapons thing in sixes. It just feels weird. Because, like, again, you have to, like, think about... It sounds... You have to, like, think about those people who are, like, coming first and coming into, like, competitive. They're just going to be, like, confused about, like, why this, like, they already, like, confused about why certain items are, like, banned and stuff. So they'd right. probably also be even more confused if, like, we just started, like, balancing weapons on by ourselves. Like, I feel like that creates, like, a, dan a dangerous precedent. That's definitely you know? fair. So, would your suggestion be to just like, keep the weapon unbanned? Um, I'd say to keep the weapon banned for the Verda Cow Mangler. Just because, mm. uh, ne no one's really been happy every time it's been unbanned. Whereas, like, Market Gardener's, like, really hit or miss. The only right. people who are, like, really mad about that weapon are, like, people who are playing in, like, the higher divs and have to play against people like Jay or Soapy. What's the uh, scariest thing you've seen happen with the Cow Mangler in Sixes? I mean, one time, I think it was, like, we are pushing out grass side on product. I think it was red side. Yeah, it was red side. And this guy was, like, on their cliff. He called it. <laughs> he was charge shotting our grass as soon as he saw us. And I just said charge shot. <laughs> While my medic was picking it. My medic, my medic, like, kept walking forward and, like, ate the charge shot and instantly died and then got mad at me. For not saying where it where the charge shot was going, even though like, <laughs> even though like, why would I call the charge shot like? Why would I call for a charge shot like that if uh it was going somewhere else other than where we're currently going? You know? hmm. Pretty scary stuff, huh? Yeah. How about a uh, charge shot above the go above the uh, gully second doorway? Is that sleeper tech right there? I don't think it's really a sleeper tech, because, like, 
the whole thing with the cowlinger is that say like I feel like it's a better example would be like holding snake water second if you get like that early spot on where they're trying to go if you like time it just right you can like do really good damage but even if you don't do good damage the whole fact that you're having to charge shot go no near that doorway that the enemies you're trying to push just it just stalls them right like as it like it has the same effect as like a trap does you know but like a lot less but it's like you don't have to really you don't have to really set it up you just have to like react to what's actually going on which is like at least with traps, you have to like kind of like anticipate where you're trying to go. Right, but then it's just like with the Kalingler, you literally just go wherever. Yeah. As long as you like have a sightline onto like the door that you have, and you know that they're gonna push that door, it's like uh, you can definitely like if you don't do damage to the charge, like you're definitely going to like stop them from walking forward. You know. Right. Right. Okay. And is there any like downside to using Kalingler when it's unbanned? The main downside is honestly just um, the fact that you can't destroy sentries that easily. And right. Like, I mean, you could do like some weird stacking tech where it's like you get like a one guy to charge shot the gun, and another like a two man to go forward after that. But like, I feel like that I feel like that hasn't hasn't really been experimented with that much to really say. In, and I wouldn't really unban the weapon just to find out if um, you could do that. You know. Right. Well. There's no Wrangler in sixes, right? Like it's banned. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so and I don't think there's really much of a niche for that to begin with. Okay. So um, that was a pretty interesting tangent. Always love to end up going on those. Uh, you got any other controversial like weapon takes or just like interesting stuff on that matter before we move on? Uh, I'd just say that like market guard. I feel like market gardeners like it's shitty to deal with, but. I feel like it's kind of just the same as dealing... It's similar to, like, Sniper, where it's like, damn, this guy's just hitting all his shots, and there's nothing you can do about that stuff, you know? I feel like it's like... It allows Soldier to have a higher mechanical skill ceiling, but at the cost of, like, everyone... At the cost of, like, people's enjo like ability to fight back to it, you know? Right. But then if done poorly, it kind of just leaves you in, like, a really bad position as well, yeah? Yeah... Okay. Well, I, I definitely think that's fair. Yeah, it's nice to have some, like, sort of dynamics like that, I'd say, to help people define themselves. I definitely think as, like, spectating, seeing someone use their market guard and, like, rolling somebody is, like, a lot... It's a lot... It seems like a lot of hype. Like, it definitely, like, helps connect, like, that public crowd <laughs> right. to um, sixes. Because, like, obviously that's, like, something that it's really only been popularized like in past two years, but it's always been seen as the meme weapon, so whenever people see the meme weapon owning. Wow, that's so amazing, you know. Like, Jay got, Jay's rolling with the spoon. Yeah. Okay, and do you think that aspect of just being able to connect to pubbers is like a vital part of competitive, like with the cast, to just draw new people in? I mean, you always have to like be able to draw new people in, or otherwise the game will be at a slight decay. Right. Do you think that's something that's like done well currently? Like, do you think it's in a healthy state in that regard, or do you think it's seen like better days when it comes to just the ult ultimate effectiveness of new play of getting new players in? I mean, like I said, it's like RGL is 
a lot more accessible than ESEA used to be. And, like, ESEA had, like, all these archaic, like, things they had to learn how to use and stuff, whereas, like, RGL is a lot more modern or modernized. Right. And, like, the lower skill levels are definitely a lot more... A lot more, like, better for a player's learning curve. Like, basically how ESEA worked, it was, like, it has dropped you in, like... <laughs> it has dropped you in, like, a giant league of, like, a lot of teams. And just was, like, like trial by fire. Right. Whereas, like, RGL gives you more of, like, an actual progression in, in that regard. Up to, like, the advanced level. Right. Okay. Like it's a lot less jarring. Yeah. Yeah. More consistent. That's definitely good to hear. Yeah. Okay. Do you usually feel like you're able to trust the RGL admins, even if like they end up not necessarily deciding based off of the community as a whole? Or it really like- just—it really depends on which admin we're talking about. If it's like someone like Jamond, I know that. I know that he's making like the best decisions that he knows how to make them, but, like, with other people, it's more like, uh... With other people, it's just weird. Because, like, there's some weird RGL policies. Like, take, for example... Well, there's, like, just weird, like, modern adminship policies in general. Like, take how the TFTV chat copypost is handled nowadays, you know? I don't think you're really allowed to like post many copy pastas in like most of the Twitch streams of TF2 that are like casting a game, you know. Right. Which I honestly view as like dumb and just something to like restrict like player expression itself. And you can like meme on me all you want, but it's basically like the same as like having those dumb football chants while you're like in person at the stadium, you know. <laughs> That's like basically what the copy pastas were, but now like I don't really think you can have like really intelligent conversations in like you're not expected to have like intelligent conversations with people in that chat in my opinion. Right. Just because like there's already like so many people in that chat, it's gonna be hard to like actually hold a conversation there. Yeah, like so, I'm sure uh, if you really cared about discussing it, you'd do like a small chat with friends on the side about it. Yeah, that's. That's exactly what I think about it. Whereas I just feel like certain people, like I don't know exactly who, but I just feel like it's kind of just like they like the control that they have Hmm. whenever it comes to stuff like that. And I'm not really going to name names because I don't even know any names, but like... (laughs) The Shadow Council. (laughs) That's just what I feel like because I don't think that that really has harmed anybody. Right. Do you think it's like? Do you think RGL doesn't feel like they can fully trust the community? Do you think maybe that's why it could be? I mean, the fact that they don't let us have uh, team profile pictures says a lot about that. <laughs> yeah, and then do you think maybe just like the lack of trust, like that RGL gives the community, results in the community giving RGL a lack of trust in response? Yeah. Uh, I feel like RGL already kind of started out as a. The kind of meme I hate this league thing, where it's uh, that's because of the fact that they banned Froyo from like playing sevens before they start implementing sixes. So they already had like a negative view in the public eye. And there's also that incident where I think it was Pete or 
Marie goes by Knuckles or Pete, the invite scout. He exposed like the spy cheat thing. Right, the spy scripting thing. And then he got banned for exposing that. So already coming into like sixes and stuff, they didn't really have too big of a reputation. And then they started doing other stuff that like kind of made them not well liked in the public eye. Okay. What do you think RGL could do to kind of like prepare that image and trust? Honestly, just try and be more transparent, I'd say. Because you almost like never really hear much about what they're actually doing. You just know that they're doing something. I think that if they just try working on like more transparency and like more positive like PR things, like everything's just fixed with time like people are if they keep on going on a route where it's like i haven't really seen like a monthly rgl for in a while so it's like say like if the game's still up and running like two or three years from now and nothing and rgl doesn't really do anything to lose the trust of people it's gonna just be like wow i remember when rgl did this stuff and it was like wow that was that was funny right but, like, there's gonna be, like, a lot... At that point, it'll just be more, like, meme fresh and, like, genuine grievance, you know? So, are you think RGL's, like, trying to, looking at, like, a status quo here? Do you think that's their play? Yeah, I definitely think that... With how much they got, like, hammered in, like, their first one or two years of operation, I definitely think that everything... They're definitely trying to improve for the better. But there's... Still some like issues I'd say. Mm, right. And do you think it's just like misrepresenting the community's desires is what's preventing them from really changing for the better? Like just listening to a few like f- too few people kind of? Yeah, I think they've gotten better about it lately. But it was like I think there was like that also weird thing where people got uh Actually, I forgot what I was about to say, but I know that there was, like, a certain poll. I think there was, like, a certain poll where, like, not really people... Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I just remembered about, like, the villa thing. So, the reason they kept it in the map pool was just because, like, the season for, like, so long was just, like, they kept, like, the season three or, like, season whatever thing. They just, like, kept referring back to the poll and being, like, well... This poll from two or three seasons ago determines the fact that Villa should stay in the map pool. And we're not going to say no otherwise. And it took like a whole three seasons of that for them to finally consider taking Villa out of the map pool. Hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like RGL just kind of relies on like a few things, like either the past or like one person or group to kind of overrepresent their policy. Yeah. Hmm. That's, that's, okay. what, that's what they done in the past so far and is that something you still see in the present like with the current admin team honestly i wouldn't sound like too too active right like, okay. and like in terms of like keeping up with that stuff nowadays but i usually am able to like see whenever stuff like that happens and stuff like that's whatever i'm like occasionally checking and i haven't really seen any like egregious like rgl threads lately and like where they like did something there was like that weird and 
that weird thread where it's like amateur, like these amateur players basically sandbagging when in a, the dip they weren't supposed to be in, hmm. and they had like an like a staff member on their team. I I don't really I don't have enough context on that to really make a proper judgment on right. it. Okay. How about the uh rec- like the recent um payment thread just talk about like how some people haven't paid yet and then the TFT TV community like going up in arms and then like somebody literally just asking an RGL admin and getting an answer <laughs> and putting it there. Is that something that you like are familiar with at all? Oh, the Cheris thread? Yeah. I like just heard of that, but honestly, <laughs> there have been times where I straight up have not like there have been times where like I just straight up have not been paid for like stuff until like a whole two seasons after. Or like it'll be like the middle of like the season the second season after and stuff, and I'll just be like, Oh, uh, here's a twenty bucks that uh, I spent like two seasons ago. Thanks. <laughs> like they definitely I honestly don't really expect much money out of it. <laughs> just because right. I've never really been I play for fun mostly. I don't really pay for a pipe for a prize pool, which is, like, what a lot of people can say in. But in that case, it's, like, there was monetary compensation promised, so I do think that it's a valid point to just raise concerns about, like, where the money actually is, you know? Right, right. Okay. Yeah, like, so it's, like, kind of rooted in the past, not all about just this one case, yeah? Yeah, it's like it's definitely been an issue. This is just the strategy basically just like brings it up. But I don't think that infamously a lot of teams have never really gotten paid in a timely manner. You know. Mm. But do you think it's unreasonable for them to be going like RGL is stealing? Or do you think that is somewhat reasonable given the context? I mean, again, there's, like, not really much transparency about that. Like, if they had simply said, hey, we'll get your payment to you in, like, one or two seasons or something, then I guarantee that thread probably wouldn't have happened, like, by a right. certain date. And then it's just, but like... It's, like, uh, they're kind of completely silent about that aspect, and now, like, fears, like, what you're saying there is, like, already stealing on my money. And those are completely valid to have just because there's zero transparency right so they're like expecting people to come to them to ask them kind of to like to get the answer yeah well i don't really say that they don't i'd say they don't really have an answer to that i'd say that like they don't really have a protocol for it set yet right so it's just like you see people who like aren't even like involved with the finances have to kind of step in and taking the blame for it and having to kind of try and like make that transparency for him yeah it's like the thing like RGL has always had to kind of play like a catch up game where it's like they'll do something like bad that people don't like TFTV post gets made and then they have to go around and like reverse the decision that was made or it's like it's just really inefficient just like as a as an organization to keep constantly doing that, you know? Right, like, you don't solve issues if you're reactive, I would say. Like, yeah, you, you like just you want to... Like, the best... I'd say, like, the best, like, organizational... The best organizations can always, like, be proactive about certain issues to make sure, like, stuff like this just doesn't happen. Right. Obviously, it's like... Obviously, it's like, TFT, like, TF2. 
you can't really expect like the best because most of these guys are like straight up just volunteers who just are passionate about the game. Right. But again, it's like I think a while ago Patty made this distinction where it's like you're allowed to criticize people in order to like make them feel like try and improve the quality that you're of service that you're trying to get. It's like uh he made this example of like these theoretically like criticizing like a TFTV like a caster or like a video whoever like I don't remember what the people like the cameraman and the cameraman comes back with hey man I like do this completely off my own time I like I don't have to do this if I don't want to and stuff like that and it's like um, I feel like that's totally reasonable to be able to like constructively criticize like stuff like that that's right. basically a whole thing that i'm getting at here constructive criticism is a gift but it seems that like um always seeing T- tf2 not all criticism is necessarily going to be constructive but i definitely feel like there's been enough criticism already that rgl should be able to be in a better place than they are now right like they've been given the right tools yeah they have the awareness do you think maybe it's just like sometimes when they do try and genuinely like make decisions they just get so much backlash and then have to reactively go back to it that maybe they get scared out of making change in general i definitely say that's like a factor hmm okay like definitely a factor right okay that makes sense I feel like another part of it is just like when you get so much criticism like that it becomes so easy to just kind of shut it all out and have none of it resonate right because it's like so hard to differentiate between what's like genuine well-intended constructive and what's just like outrage you know what i mean yeah that's like, like there's always gonna be like reactives like in any community whenever change right. happens but then it's like but- you don't want your league to be reactive as well yeah no, that definitely makes sense, yeah, like, I think if you put it into that context, yeah, like, most of the community is reactive, including, I guess, the volunteers to that extent, yeah, it's just, like, different sides of the same coin, in a way. Yeah. Okay. And what do you think we could kind of do to, like, change that at a fundamental community-based level? I mean, that'll be, like, preaching to the choir, I'd say, because many people, like, I'm not gonna say all people, but some people just come here to just, like, chill and relax or they've like had like a bad day or like a bad week or a bad year and they're not really here to like really necessarily make the community better they're really only here for self-enjoyment which i wouldn't say is a bad thing to want at all Hmm. it's just like i think that really the change would have to come from like rgl itself you know like many people like the banny config that's probably like, basically, the people who need to make change are, like, the people who are in a position to make changes. is like, right. RGL. Okay. Like, the community can't really do much. They can only be like, hey, we don't like this, or like, hey, we don't like that. You know, that's all they, that's all we can really say. So let's say RGL does sort of start it to, like, sort of change. What's the best thing the community can kind of, like, change or try to do to support as well in that case? I mean, just to not be scared of it, I guess. Like, I remember people were talking about how the Benny config was a bit of a meme, but then we had a whole LAN played out on it. And it was probably one of the most entertaining LANs for, like, 
a while just because of the fact that uh, there wasn't really i know that the thing about like those high stakes matches is that people constantly complain about the stalemates and how neither team really wants to do anything just because like lower bracket finals whatever team loses just loses you know right right whereas like that banning conflict forced teams to really not really take the safe approach and just had to like if you don't do this in three minutes then you're just going to get reset back to mid and possibly lose the game that way you know and incentivized fast-paced gameplay and and risk-taking okay so do you think it could be possible for just the cab of the QE be improved like kind of caring about it and self-interest kind of like intertwining like do you think they necessarily have to be exclusive when it comes to the goals i think that they're self like they're exclusive only to necessarily exclusive but it's like they're definitely not on the same spectrum like you can like want to do something for your own self-interest that also benefits you know right like, they're definitely okay. not like two sides of the same you can like have both of them exist and have like one or two of them at the same time. Why don't you think it's found more often then? Honestly, it's just a lot of people. Um, stuff like that usually just isn't stuff that people really enjoy doing. I'd say, like, I'd say there are a lot less people like in the Sixes community who like do like service work than there are people who actually play the game just because they like simply just don't like doing that kind of stuff you know right and then it's like i'd I'd say it's like really easy to get burned out if you do genuinely care yeah yeah okay do you have any uh like um actually so let's loop back around for a bit yeah i think that covers a lot more of the abstract stuff uh do you want to talk about more about your own experiences now with argelia um Okay. I've never really, in my opinion on RGL has kind of been more on like the negative side, but not like the whole I hate RGL and everything they do type thing. It's more like, uh, kind of just like negative, in, like a critical win. Right. I think that Klee could be better in as in certain aspects, and I also have so I also have had stuff happen to me that the league actually had happen. I think uh, season three, I was playing on a. Div 2 team called Beast Mode. And basically, the whole outrage there is that Shining Star, who was a very well accomplished, like, top IM scout in the past, was allowed to play their main in that division on Cat Posse. And she single handedly turned that team from, like, a low at, like, low Div 2 team to, like, a high, like, game, like, grand finals playing team you know right and that was like the whole outrage there and they kind of just had to let it slide just because the admins were like oh we uh shining stars playing scout in this match and we forgot to restrict dang well i guess you're just gonna keep playing their class because i doubt that they can because i we doubt that we can really and they're gonna be able to carry their team that much you know right and then, lo and behold, they did carry their team that much. I will say those players on that team ended up becoming a lot better down the line, but I'd say their Season 3 success mainly just involved, like, Shining Star on, like, their main. Like, All right. Okay. 
Uh, RGL never really had any issues with them besides that. I remember, I remember being really discontent about that whenever it happened. Just because it felt like I had been really in. I feel like everyone felt like they've been cooked <laughs> out of out of like Div Two, like all the playoff Div. Because I was like. Div 2 and Div 1, Div 2 was like more like the lower half of like advanced now. And then Shining Star was like very clear like a Div 1 would like be top 3 in Div 1, let alone Div 2, you know? Right. Uh, how do you feel about Div 1 and Div 2 being split back? Like advanced rather being split into two? Do you think there was like a good call at the time? Do you think it's something that was initially a good call but that was done for like a season or so too long? It, I think that for the player volume that w that existed back then, it was a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Like obviously, we don't have as many numbers as when a COVID initially hit, so there's just gonna be like less people now, so I have to consolidate back into advance. But I definitely feel like Div One and Div Two allowed for better competition and better, yeah, just better competition. And like more less of a skill gap because like there's always the issue from like like say you're like a main team trying to break into advanced. There's always like a low advanced team will almost always have the capability of like winning like the division below them nowadays at least. Right. And, and again, like a low invite team would always would almost always have like the capability of winning division under them like like easily and there's always like that skill gap that exists and i feel like div 1 and div 2 kind of help transition people easier like how like main or like open im and main did that earlier you know right okay so do you feel like your perspective on just like sort of RGL in the community uh, maybe like distances you from a lot of people? Like, is it something that kind of isolates you within the community? Like, just not going along with the hive mind collect uh, mentality, so to speak, but then also not entirely agreeing with RGL? Like, has that impacted um, you socially or not really? Not really. Like, I don't really go out of my way to really talk about this kind of stuff with other people. I don't really talk to other people other than, like, the friends I've already really made, to be honest. Right. Okay. That's because, um, some, like, most of the times I do get the opportunity to, like, meet people, like, in pugs and stuff, I just don't like their vibe at all. Like, they're kind of just, uh, not really fun to be around, at least when I'm playing, so that just makes me not want to hang out with them. Right. Okay. So it's, like, it's not really something that you think you miss out on anyways, like you wouldn't want to interact with them to begin with. Yeah. I respect it, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, what was the initial uh, ESC to RGL transition like? What were some of like the early decisive things that like set the vibe, right? Um... Honestly, like, the only thing that RGL really had over all the other things was that it was confirmed is that it was like established already, and and it promised a prize pool, which a lot of again Froyo decided or Banny decided team with a like league with a prize pool is the best for his growth. 
and people went to the league that Freya went to just because higher competition there. Hmm. Okay. Uh, have there any been RGL, any RGL decisions you really, like, disagree with? Like, I guess, like, the, vi uh, the, um, Villa one would be an example, but then do you think there's one that's, like, even more representative of R of any of RGL's issues, or that you just personally disagree with a lot? Um, some of the ban reasons have been really, in definitely during, like, the earlier RGL days. I think, like, Lolgain got, like, I think Lolgai got banned for, like, type like, season 3, he got banned for typing KYS to Banny in chat. <laughs> like, and then they had to overturn that decision. <laughs> just, <laughs> like, because people posted about it and they were like, this is, like, literally just normal banter. Like, wh why is this a bannable offense? Obviously, like, there was the whole age where, like, there was, like, the weekly RGL thing where it was like, uh, help, I said the, I said a slur in chat, and I got reported, <laughs> why am I banned now? I, I, I'm not really gonna talk about, <laughs> like, if you're able to say it, but if it's just like a slur in general, during a match, or a scrim, just don't say it in an environment where you're not sure people are cool with it, you know? Right. I know. That's like my take on it. My take is like there's just no benefit to it. So like, what? Why? Sh why? What's? Why should like? Why should somebody say it to begin with? You know, I don't know. I mean, that's sometimes just how people just talk, and other times people just do it to be funny. Damn, casual slurs really be like that. <laughs> but uh, fair enough. Uh yeah, it's just like when RGL makes decisions like that, like it really just doesn't do like help anyone. Like it leaves a really bad impression on the people I'd imagine, right? Because it's just like it looks like they don't know what they're doing. It looks like they'll just like bend to pressure. But then it's like if they don't ban them, it's like yeah, they kind of ban them for like an unjust reason. So it's just like a lose lose situation. Yeah. Yeah, that's like what I was getting at. Where I feel like RGL has always kind of been disconnected and from like. The community's sense of right and wrong, you know. Hmm. Uh, I don't think it's even like I. I guess that is a part of it, but then it seems like they don't even have a sense of right and wrong for themselves if they're just willing to go back on it that easily. You know yeah, I mean? you could definitely say that. It's just they're. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like uh, there definitely have to be an like some organization shuffles to like really optimize rgl the way it could be optimized you know right like the people care but there just isn't enough internal consistency i don't think yeah but um do you think on the community's part that like just that sort of high like the high main mentality like they usually see on something like tftv do you think maybe it also like kind of just like doesn't help with the admins like it pushes the people who do genuinely care away kind of definitely and I think the example that I think of the most is uh, Fine. He know remember that person? Uh, they like really. made. They're actually like were the maker of Sunshine, and the thing, and they are also trying to make a map with a Banny called like CP Cardinal. If you remember that map? Oh yes, I do. I've had. They basically, I've heard they basically just got bullied out of the community just for like being uh, trans. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. Don't quote me if I'm wrong, but. That basically happened in this, like, we just lost, like, a super talented, uh, 
map creator because like Sunshine is like one of like pro- my probably one of my favorite maps to play. Oh yeah, you know it's my favorite six this one. And also with uh, another example is like Gentleman John. Like back when that whole ban Pred and Daegu thread happened, and like there was like that huge people just like outing themselves as like not nice people. And Gentleman John said, I'm not, this community isn't like worth me keeping like the, the resources that I've made up for these guys. Like you guys aren't worth it. And this mm. took down a lot of community resources that he maintained. Like what sort of resources? I think there was like some like a map.tf where it was like, so that's like a map review tool where you could like switch between the points. I remember using that quite a bit whenever I was on teams. It's like gave you like different perspectives on like the certain points on the map. Right. There's also a fantasy TF2, which used to be fun to do whenever that used to exist. It was like it was like fantasy fantasy draft for lands or like seasons and stuff. Of like invite or like eat like premiership and just stuff like that just um, went away just because people said some not, like, not really nice things to each other, you know? Right. Looks like Gentleman John really was a gentleman, though. Couldn't stand it. Yeah, you could say that. (laughs) A sad day. Okay. So it's like, yeah, we push away a lot of those really good resources due to our own personal predisposition, I guess. Yeah. That's unfortunate to hear. Um, so are there any, like, really big concerns that you have about, like, the community or, like, as a whole at the moment, or, like, the state of the game, so that sort of stuff? Uh, me personally, I just want, like, obviously, I'm, like, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here, but, like, uh, I feel like I just, like, want more nice people in the game. Maybe I'm just not looking in the right places, like but I just feel like uh, there aren't really too many good natured people in the game. Right. Up to like a certain point, you know? Like I remember I was playing like a like a Hobo League pug like by myself. <laughs> Hobo League? Yeah. I like was playing a that pug group for like once by myself and the resulting pug was like probably the most toxic pug environment I had ever been in in like all my years of playing TF2, you know? Like and literally like every like everyone on my team was like shit talking each other except for me and shit talking like everyone in like on the other team. Oh god. Like I... it wasn't even really a like a funny haha we are actually friends shit talk. It was like a I fucking hate you so much shit talk. <laughs> like there is genuine malice. <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't know, like, I guess to extent, yeah, it's like preaching to the choir, but then it's like, I guess kind of going on with just like the goal of this sort of series, it's just like, I feel like it's really important for people to just sort of like share that perspective and get on the same page about things, and just talk about those sorts of things together, even if it is a bit like preach the choir-y. Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know, now, I just feel like it's, uh, kind of just hard to really find people who like talking who i like talking to at the very least just because uh they're definitely i think a big issue with like 
the community consensus is like you get all these like teenagers and stuff trying to get into the game and they see how some top level players act you like like i'm talking about like banny and stuff like they see like banny getting mad and pugs and stuff and yelling at his team and stuff and getting and having like a huge ego and that that influences them start act to start thinking that that behavior is like okay and it's because, like, well, this guy's doing it at the top, so I guess I can do it, like, in their own minds. Like, honestly, I used to be that way, kind of. Like, whenever I was, like, a teenager playing this game, I was, like, oh, like, definitely had an ego, you know? Hmm. And yeah. I would definitely get, like, mad and yell a lot. I do still yell sometimes, but not definitely not as much as I used to. Reformed? <laughs> Yeah, I'd say I'm reformed, but honestly, it's like, uh, I just feel like the fact that people do that in the community and, like, these kids end up, like, replicating that to a certain extent just to adds to the status quo of, uh, the community, like, an environment, you know? Right, right. And they're all, they're definitely, like, examples of, like, I'm not gonna name any names, but they're definitely examples of, like, people who are, like, normal teenagers just trying to play the game who turned to like absolute degenerates because he got in with the wrong friend you know yeah i feel like there's like a lot of people that do care and could just kind of be inspired but that they never really find the opportunity to like try and change things or like want to change things themselves like they aren't really ever given the voice to i guess it's something that you really for me it was like i definitely just noticed it a lot whenever I, it sounds funny, but like as soon as I started interacting <laughs> with people outside of the game more, just because of like COVID and stuff, like it's kind of lessening restrictions. I found out like how not okay some behaviors just straight up are. You know? Right, right. And honestly, I'm like, I definitely used to be like a big slur user. Just honestly, like at least like in voice comms with like my friends and stuff. Not really like saying it to other people, but as like whenever I started just talking to like more people outside of like that clique, it was just like, wow, this stuff that I'm doing is just not okay. <laughs> but then it's like you look at the TF2 community, you try and like say anything about that, like make a TFTV post, and it's just like people are like, it's not that serious, right? Like, and you and you're the one who seems unreasonable. Yeah, it's definitely like the hive minded full effect there, I'd say. For sure. Probably, like, my least favorite people are, like, the people who, like, really egregious online. And then the people who act normal. Like, who are completely normal people offline. Right. And they're, like... Because it mostly just implies that, like, they just think that that shit's okay to do only online. And, you know, they know that what they're doing is, like, wouldn't be acceptable in, like, off, like offline they still choose to do it online right and it's like they try and excuse it as like oh you know i only do it because it's online yeah like i'm normal in person but then it's like like it doesn't matter because it's online but then it's like you're still the person doing those things like it doesn't matter whether it's whether it's in person or online right yeah it's like yeah i don't know i guess there are some definite troglodytes in the community unfortunately and i don't really think that's going to change just because for that to change, I'd like 
the internet itself would have to have a massive like reform and how people are treating stuff. Right. And obviously, there are like some things that are like genuinely funny. I'm more talking about like the super like malice written things. Like people joke about like the Modern Warfare Two lobbies and stuff. Like that that was like the that was like a meme really. But I'm more talking about like the genuinely malicious things that people do to each other online. You know. Right. For sure. Yeah. I definitely feel like that's fair, yeah, especially when it's like just kind of takes like a community precedence and becomes normalized, yeah. Really just doesn't help anybody, not even yourself. I will say that like RGL has had a good impact in that regard, where it's like <laughs> you definitely don't see a lot of people trying to do stuff like that. Right. You know? Like think one I think one of the dumbest examples I've ever seen of stuff like this happening was, uh, I think it was like Sin 6 Gaming in like season 22 or 23. Um, I don't remember what they're getting, I think they're getting sponsored by an org, like that whole team. And they were playing Invite, and one of their teammates decided to say like the funny hard R word, and they straight just lost their team to sponsorship, and completely removed that org from like even being interested in sponsoring TF2 ever again. Damn. And it's like... And it's like... I just feel like people... They're young, don't really think that their actions really have consequences, but stuff like that kind of just does add up. Right, it's just like, it's not always going to be super obvious to you up front. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because it reflects on like everybody else. Yeah, not just you. We all have to deal yeah. with the consequences. Yeah. Right. Okay. And has that been consistent through like all the time you think you've like played TF2? Just like the community, like those sorts of social standards as a whole, or is that something that's like gone better or worse with time? I really say it's gotten better just because of the fact that RGL has been really. Like, eventually they decided, like, the the whole N-word stuff, the whole spiel, eventually people just decided to, like, not say those slurs and stuff, and honestly, it's been, like, it started, it's sort of been kind of slowly being outed out of the community. You see a lot people, you see a lot less people, like, saying those words, at least, like, in the public eye. Right. It's, so it's like definitely contributing to like a more positive environment, you know. Yeah. RGL, like they're definitely trying. They definitely care. It's just like sometimes they go about it in the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. But it it is kind of nice to see. Yeah. So something that I did kind of want to talk about, uh, touch upon is how do people respond to like drama with ESCA compared to RGL? Honestly, I don't really, like I said, I wasn't really, like, around for, like, the prime ECA open happening thread type stuff, you know? Right, that's fair. But, like, like was, uh, was there anything you noticed, like, without being as involved in the threads? Uh, there are definitely just not that intelligent people making posts, you know? But that's always been a thing. So hmm, I don't really okay. think it's really necessarily changed. Probably less volume of people making those posts just because of like 
there's probably been like a, like like I said like drama threads haven't really like been too big of a thing. I've only seen like an actual drama thread like recently, you know? Right. Like, I think there used to be like a good drama, and like at least the once every like happening thread, but like I haven't really seen any. There hasn't really been any like good recent drama. Like I want to say good, it's like any drama worth mentioning. Right. It's just like the average drama, nothing special. Yeah. Okay. I think the last time, I think the times I I actually remember actual drama happening was like uh, the season three slump wench drama and the young sanity drama that just recently happened. That's basically all that I can remember personally. Hmm, I see. That's not bad. Whereas, like, apparent how people make it out to be the openings, the open happenings thread, it happened a lot more. It happened a lot more frequently. They made it seem. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what's the Sixes player culture like? What What are their mentalities like? How does it sort of differ for something like Highlander or Casual? I mean, I can't really say just because I've never really been in a, a Highlander environment for an extended period of time, other than like a meme, you know. Alright, okay. It's like, uh... I've never really interacted with... I assume it's kind of like, same old, same old, just in a different form. But like, with casual, it's like, uh... I definitely say there's a big disparity between like, how most casual people play the game and how like, Sixes players play and stuff. Some Sixes players, they enjoy pub stomping, some people just like, enjoy trolling in pubs. Whereas, like, um, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes some poor person who just got off of work had a rough day at work and just plays the game casually and just logs on to see, like, <laughs> just logs on to see, like, Jay Hyunpei terrorizing Oprah, like, Oprah pubs and just destroying his team. Right, right. Okay. Like, I definitely, I don't think it's bad to be a casual player. Like, I, can't really I honestly I really only play this game like competitively for the most part. I don't really partake in like casual stuff that much to be honest. That's but, fair. Like, I can definitely like look at other games and be like the same way where it's like I only play this game really casually. I'm not really trying to make like I'm not really trying to be the best at it. I'm just trying to play the game with like the very best. You know? Right. Okay. So for something like Highlander, like for some of the classes, you'd see like a very big sense of like a sub community kind of like a, cl- a cl- uh, like just based off of class. Is that something you'd see in sixes at all as something like soldier with either like rumors or pockets, or is it not really that like collaborative per se? Um, I definitely would not say it. I definitely would say it's not really that collaborative. You know, like I don't think there's like a pocket community around for like pocket soldiers. <laughs> if there, if there is, and I just haven't been invited to it. But like, I, I don't remember. think that I don't think that there's really like a community per se. I think like the most community thing that happened was like I think um, Drac, like the EU roamer. 
like for seven previously posted like made a twitter post where it's like i'm in they're looking at me i'm dead and uh blaze retweeted that since that's basically like romer i think that's like the most sense of community we've ever had between classes to be honest damn <laughs> all right like i don't really i don't really observe it too much personally and i think you'll maybe there's like a medic community in but like i don't know all right i don't really see it with combats too much it's definitely fair yeah just something I'd personally be interested in hearing about, like, yeah. <gasps> so what are what what's what are Six's pugs like? Highlander pugs are just some of the most rancid things a lot of the time. Are Six's the same? Like, what's it like? Definitely. Um, I was actually talking with uh, Emily. If you know who that person is, uh, like em- Emmy on somebody help. Yeah, that one. Ah, yes, yes. Like, uh, we're basically just talking in, like, a t- the team Discord, since they're playing on my team right now. Oh, that's And cool. we were talking, I was talking about how I didn't really enjoy pugging with, like, most of the people who play pugs nowadays, and how it's, like, basically like, the same 20 people who pug, and I only really like talking to about, like, five or six of them. And, uh... Emmy said it was like basically the same thing in Highlander, so. Yep. Yeah. Pucking just isn't really in a good state in terms of TF2. No, I'm afraid not. Do you have a, uh, like, favorite pug group? If so, like, what kind of set them apart? Um. Uh, I never really had. I never really played pugs enough to really have a favorite pug group. You know? Right. Um, what would you say the favorite, like, the best day of pugging was then? Like, what age, kind of? Probably just Pug Champ. Because, like, the thing it, like, I guarantee you why most of, like, the not-fun pugs happen in 60s is just because, like, some guy gets random onto Medic that doesn't really, that doesn't really know how to play Medic that well, and then, like, you have, like, Etienne trying to coach him how to play medic mid game. <laughs> and it's basically both teams are just trying to do that. Whereas like Pug Champ is like if he added up to medic, you like were you were like added like you had the mantle of responsibility there. Like you chose to do that. So expected that like you're gonna be like good, you know? Right, right. And then are there any sort of like community initiative projects groups that you or that you find interesting on regarding sixes um probably my the most interesting project yet is like the probably the tf2 coaching central honestly mm-hmm. i only i only really found about it recently what's that it's basically like it's it's like newbie mixes a bit but like it's like a classroom environment not only like classroom environment but like Basically, like, these people who are, like, coaches and stuff just, like, can decide to, like, hold sessions about, like, demo reviews and stuff related to, like, their class or anything else. Or, like, decide to just randomly teach, like, oh, how do you push out of, like, process last or something like that, you know? And I honestly like it a lot better than newbie mixes where it's, like, no offense to Rogue, but I really don't really 
newbie mixes takes a lot more energy out of me than simply as like loading up one of my demos and like demoing myself in front of like other people. Right, yeah. like it's it's a lot more commitment, kind of like responsibility on paper. Yeah, like I think that this is another thing where it's like I don't think this something like this existed back in ESCA, which is really good. I think it only really came around in like the past two years or one year, I guess. Right, okay. and that's good. I think back then you already had newbie mixes, and newbie mixes still operates on the whole friday night stuff just out of like convenience for us like here you basically just get to hold as many sessions as basically you want you know right like a lot more flexible of a schedule sounds much more personal and involved as well yeah catering to the individual's needs okay and uh how's that been going along uh so far i've only really held one session i do want to hold more in the future but like i think that my, the one session I did hold was, like, insightful for the people that ended up having to sit in on it. Okay. Um, I think that about runs off the list of things I'd personally want to ask you, or that I have in mind off the top of my head. Um, do you have any things you want to, like, ask and answer about yourself, or just things you generally want to discuss for a bit? Um, not that I can really think of. Okay. Yeah, I'm not as good at just, like, free-flowing it for, like, a massive amount of time for 636, unfortunately. I'm, like, a lot more focused around just, like, Highlander and more community things. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Uh, shall I go ahead and, uh, oh, actually, do you, uh, have anybody you want to, like, shout out? Like, any, any former current staff members or interesting community members or, like, just teammates in general? Like, any people you want to shout out? Yeah. Alright, let me pull up the friends list here, because I have a lot of them. Uh, uh, name all of them. <laughs> shout out to 5YT, Soint, shout out to Champasaurus Rex, shout out to Nerfu, shout out to Jamond, Gwendolyn, Rico, Officer Reeks, managing that Twitch channel, or like, not Twitch channel, YouTube channel. Uh, shout out to Dunker, Asian, Korean, Zebra, Delta Market. Fancy Sin, Champasaurus Rex, Grape Juice. Just, just a lot of names here. Shout out to like everyone that has had a positive impact on me, on like me playing the game and stuff, and people who I genuinely enjoyed talking to and stuff, and also people who like helped me out back when I was still trying to get where I am now. You know, shout out to like Rio, Reflecto, like people like that. To the decent people in the community. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Alright. But for the boys. Yeah, just for the boys, you know. Okay. I think I will uh, go and end the recording then, yeah? Alright.